So I'm just a little concerned that now Blackman is not really going to have a lot of confidence in what this coaching staff is telling him because, you know, he expected to be the starter coming into spring practice and everything got shaken up with Hornybrook coming in. So I'm just worried that that relationship is going to go beyond repair. Blackman transfers this offseason. Hornybrook graduates. You don't get De'Ara King. And then you're stuck with um, an inexperienced Jordan Travis and a true freshman Jeff Sims in 2020. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear. Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan from here, the Spear, presented to you by Noel Game Day. Happy Halloween. We're actually recording this on Halloween night. Uh, we're the two goobers and nerds that are going to stay here and not go out to any parties or dress up, and we're going to get on here onto a microphone and talk about sports. Um, we don't have really a life after football season, so <laughs> hopefully we can make some friends. It is just going to be me tonight yourself. with... Uh, <laughs> Basketball season starts after football season. That is That's true. where my life begins. That is true. Dustin's life begins, mine ends after football season. Uh, tonight, it's just going to be me and our lead writer, Dustin Lewis. So you're in some deep luck. Um, if you really liked Austin from last week, well, he is enjoying Halloween night like regular humans are. Um, and we're just going to sit here and talk some football. And we're going to recap the Syracuse game. And then look ahead, of course, to Florida State's rivalry game against Miami and Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday. What's going on? What's going on, Dustin? Happy Halloween, man. Happy Halloween, bro. Um, yeah, all I got to say is no Fisher, no Austin, no problem. The duo is here. So. Wow. Get man, ready. I, yeah, I hope they're not listening to this. <laughs> oh, I hope um, they are. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so, too. One thing... Uh, that we will go ahead and let you guys know. We put it on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, you can find us at Hear the Spear. But we are officially, probably a good time to say this now before we get started, we are officially going explicit rating or whatever you want to call it, whatever podcasters say. We're going R-rated from here on out. Cussing will be allowed. It kind of got to the point where um, there was a few things I think would be better described with some uh, cuss words in there. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things. We also had guests on, and there's some explicit there. So we kind of want to just say either explicit or we want to stay PG uh, rated. But uh, I think we want to go the explicit route and have some fun. So uh, starting from right now, if you have kids or if you don't like cuss words, uh, we've already told our parents sorry ahead of time on our end. So, um from here on out, rated R. Turn the volume down and put your headphones in if you're in the car. Sorry. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit, so we can cuss now? Yeah, I was about to say, shit is about to go down. <laughs> this is big for us. We're college kids. Get to cuss. I feel like a big adult now. <laughs> Do you feel like a big boy, Dustin? Yeah, but my mom would say I'm just being a baby. and I have no vocabulary, so. Sorry, yeah, mom. Apologies out to you, and yeah, uh, <laughs> I'll try and stay in line, okay? Yeah, we'll see, we'll see about that. You, you sh all should listen to the meeting before we start, hit the record button. That's why we don't says. record it. Yeah, that is exactly right. That is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll get – that is all out of the way. Intro is done. Let's get into some – football talk here i will go ahead and let you guys know too real quick we do have a new twitter you can follow it 
at the Noel Game Day. It's going live on Monday. We're excited about that. Make sure you guys are going following it. Over there on November 4th, we will be launching our new Twitter. Make sure you guys head over there and give it a follow. Um, yeah, so at the Noel Game Day. Let's go and jump into it. We're, we're about three and a half minutes in. Listeners are probably pissed off. Um, our ratings are going to drop down, uh, but we can't let that happen. Can't let that happen. First of all, real quick, what's your what's your favorite scary movie, Dustin? I have mine, but what's yours? It's just, it's really tough. Because honestly, I'm not a huge scary movie guy. You know, some of those some of those old flicks they really get me. But the new the new jump scare stuff it, it doesn't really work. So honestly, a movie that really freaked me out when I was like a teenager, I watched it. Uh, the channel doesn't matter. I guess, damn. But it's called 30 Days of Night. Probably the last film that uh, Josh Hartnett ever acted in. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> but, but, dude, it was just really scary. All right, it was based in, and I'm probably going on too far with this, but it was based in an Alaskan town, and it was when, like, it becomes night for a month straight, and then vampires came and killed everybody, basically. So... Oh wow! That the times when traumatic. I was like fourteen years old at like one thirty in the morning with the lights off, living mm. in the woods. So you just hear sounds, you know, you scare yourself really. <laughs> Who, who's living in the woods? My parents. Oh my goodness! Yikes! Sorry to hear that, brother. Yeah, dude. Coyotes um, ate my dog. Just throw that out there. That's scary. That's that is some scary shit. <laughs> <laughs> I should be laughing. I shouldn't be laughing, but I am. Anyways, hey, it is what it is. It is what anyways, it is. Anyways, let me get mine out, and I promise it will be way faster than whatever Dustin put y'all through. Please, please. Um, I am very scared of the Paranormal Activity series. Uh, that All right. I, I do like those. I do believe in Paranormal Activity stuff in real life. I do think that's true. Um, I would be freaked uh out of my mind if i saw one of my friends or the person i'm laying with or my girlfriend or my future girlfriend since i don't have one but my future girlfriend or wife standing up <laughs> looking at me or That's looking at the door yeah 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 i'm currently single ladies um for the four that listen to us uh for seeing someone just stare at a wall like for four hours um and me wake up and seeing that i would lose my mind and i would jump my ass right out of the window so uh those kind of movies. Definitely the first one, though. We all know if, if you saw that one, that was scary as uh, shit, man. So, yeah, that's mine. <laughs> Good, pick. Good pick. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so let's get into football talk. Sorry for putting you guys through that. Just wanted to see what Dustin's pick was there for a scary movie because it is Halloween, and we are recording this on Halloween night. So putting ourselves through this. It's relevant. It is. It is. Uh, all right, so Florida State easily handles Syracuse. Uh, I was wrong. Yeah, you were. Yeah, I um, I said it. I could have hit it, but I didn't. Uh, Florida State won thirty-five to seventeen. Florida State now moves to four and four. Um, and uh, I, I want to get your opinion, Dustin, and then I'll give mine too. Is Syracuse that bad, or did Florida State? improve on Saturday. And this actually comes from a question from Brett Brand Brandui from Instagram. Yeah, I mean honestly in my opinion, Syracuse is just that bad. I mean they're mm-hmm. they're terrible. Florida State got up thirty five to three. I don't know that Florida State, with the way this team has played this season, should be up thirty five to three on anyone, frankly. <laughs> because if we're up thirty five to three on someone or if or if FSU's up thirty five to three on someone, that means man what state is that other team in? And Syracuse has just been terrible all year. They've taken a big step back from where they were a year ago with double-digit wins. And I mean, you could see that on Saturday. You know, Babers, usually an offensive mastermind, just couldn't get anything going until late in the game when Florida State was playing some backups. So just an ugly game from Syracuse. But at the same time, you can't take away anything that, that Florida State did on the field. I mean, Syracuse does have a, a pretty decent defense. so. I mean, that offensive success that we saw can't be denied. I'm agree with you, too, here, Dustin, because I feel like Syracuse is just a crappy, crappy team. I was expecting Dino to call or, or have better success than what he did on Saturday, but, uh, man, that team was terrible. I mean, they were 
god awful and they kind of got some points at the end of the game but 35 um 35 to 17 Florida State easily gets away from Syracuse there uh, and and it might help with getting a little momentum of course heading to one of their biggest rivals the Miami Hurricanes uh, on Saturday you know one thing uh that I questioned kind of during the game while I was in the stands was you know you know, we'll talk about it for sure. It's been a topic all throughout on Twitter, but the uh, Cam Akers package uh, at quarterback. And, Wild Cam. Get it yeah, right. My bad. Jesus Christ. My bad. My bad. Uh, the Wild Cam package uh, was was very successful. If I'm correct, out of the four drives that he was back there, three times they scored touchdowns. So... Uh, but what 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 I'm thinking now is, you know, should they have saved this for my, the Miami game? Now Miami was able to look at film. They already know what to expect with that package or a little bit of it. It just depends on how creative Kendall Browse will be on Saturday and what they do with it because I do expect them to run it again. But should they have saved that for the Miami game to introduce it then? I don't think so. I, I think, honestly, I think it was a good idea to break it out against Syracuse because – I mean, this was a game that Florida State probably expected to win going into it, and they knew they had a little bit of freedom to kind of explore on offense a little bit, especially with these last four games. You play Miami, you play Boston College, and you play Florida. So that's three pretty tough teams, and you're going to need to score some points to win those games. So just to kind of break out the wild cam and see how it does and how cam runs it, how the other players respond when you know it's – a completely different signal caller back there. And by all accounts of what we saw on Saturday, it's a very viable option for the team moving forward later into the season. I think we're going to see it, you know, at least a couple times on Saturday, depending on the success. That's, that's the thing though. Florida State's going to roll with it probably on how successful it ends up being like Syracuse worked out really great, but if they come out on the first two drives or they let cam have it two drives into the game or, or whatever, and it doesn't work out, we'll probably see typical vanilla offense. <laughs> well, that, well, I mean, I, I'm I'm picky on this. I, I do think, okay, yeah, they could have ran against Syracuse just a little warm-up, kind of try to see, if, all right, Tessa Waters, this, this is actually going to be pretty successful. I, if they were going to do that, then I don't think they should have ran it so much. You know, they, they, they yeah. had a lot of plays. You know, they had a lot of plays they ran with that package. Um, and obviously it was successful again, it's, it's, it's friggin' Syracuse, but, uh, but the, the thing, you know, we'll get into, uh, near the, when we preview this game against Miami, Miami's defense is obviously a whole 180 from Syracuse's defense. So, um, you kind of just got to see what works and see if Florida state's offense and, and Kendall Browse can be even more creative. Cause I do think they're going to want to utilize that on Saturday against the Miami Hurricanes for sure. Um, you know, one player that just keeps on standing out, you just know what he's going to bring to the table every week as long as he's healthy, is Hamza Nazaraldine. I mean, geez, he's everywhere. He's a ball hawk. I watched one play, and I don't know why I picked to watch the play, but I'm so glad I did. He came off from the left side, um, and he was coming off from a blitz, and he was on the whole other side over there coming down, going after the quarterback. Uh, I think the quarterback throws the ball, and then Hamza Nazardine is still running around the side uh, and goes and end up, ends up making the first tackle on the guy. I mean, it, it's an, he, he shows such an incredible effort. What, what are your thoughts on Hamza Nazardine and maybe even Emmett Rice? Yeah, my thoughts are uh, that Hamza is a freaking beast. I mean, he's taking his game. Obviously, we know what he brought to the table early in his career, but he's just taking it up a notch as a junior. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me to see him declare early for the NFL draft. It's a little early to be talking about those types of things, but I mean, it could happen because he is just yeah. he's an animal. That's he's what a, I was thinking too. That's what yeah. I'm curious to see because I I instantly think he's. Um, got the talent to move up further for sure. I mean, this guy is incredible. And the one thing about him too, he, he's consistent. He, what is he? I mean, he's got to be still the leading uh, tackler on the team. But this boy can hit very, 
very physical. I think he's getting smarter in his tackling too, because he's kind of been in some trouble before uh, and getting smarter, being able to be in a position where he's at and, and cover the field. I think he's getting, I think he's also progressing too, which is scary for a guy. I think Florida States uh, by far, it might be their second best talented guy on the field defensively, in my opinion, behind Marvin Wilson. Yeah, he's taken a really big step pass coverage wise. Obviously, we've seen him get a couple interceptions this season and really just put himself in the right position to make plays, whether it's coming up to stop the run or or in the backfield. I mean, he's one of the few guys that's been able to be one of Florida State's consistent defenders back there against the pass and a secondary that's honestly really struggled. How did you, I remember? How do you feel about that Asante Samuels play where he was reading uh, the screen? Got off the block and almost got the interception. <laughs> I mean, it was it was beautiful. It's what you wanted. That's exactly how you want a defensive back to play. And man, if he would have been able to intercept that or even pick it off and take it back the other way, that probably would have been number one on the Sports Center top ten. But I mean, mm-hmm. it just shows how much work he's put in. And instead of just being a gifted athlete, now he's taking those mental steps, reading the plays before it happens, and, and just attacking. So. Really, that's exciting to see from Asante. Uh, real quick, too, before we kind of move on to what's going on, what's been going on this week. Uh, let's talk about Cam Akers. And we talked about this in our meeting before we started recording. But, you know, Cam Akers is having a sensational season. There's a good chance that he reaches a thousand yards rushing uh, against Miami. Uh, it seems like Florida State's running backs do a pretty decent job against uh, at least running wise for sure against Miami defenses. And we'll see if that changes at all this Saturday with the improved Miami defense. But uh, there's a good chance that we Cam Akers, he most certainly will break his uh, career rushing yards uh, this season for sure. um, Unless something crazy goes on, knock on wood, but let's talk about, you know, You know, we were talking about Dalvin Cook and and how he impacted his team, his teams while he was there. He pretty much carried a lot of the load for getting FSU and the right spots to win games. Uh, He was incredible. It was ridiculous how he played. But, you know, there's some conversation, too. You know, Cam Akers kind of has this effect, too, where he's helping this team uh, go out and get wins uh, and, and putting the team on his back, which I think definitely, I mean, looking back at the season, there's been a few times, but Dustin, get, give me your opinion on that because I think it's a pretty interesting topic that I think we'll talk more of after the season is over. Um, and, you know, Florida State doesn't have a great offensive line right now. Cam Akers is pretty much getting off of con- uh, getting off of tacklers immediately. Um, and he is he is really putting himself up there um, for, to be drafted this year higher uh, than maybe we had thought going into the season. Uh, but yeah, just give me your opinion on that on that kind of um, conversation that's starting to come out. Yeah, I mean, I I can see a little bit how uh, the situations are similar. Am is you know definitely the most talented player on this offense, and pretty much all season he's delivered on the field, but. I mean, just just thinking back on what Dalvin Cook did when he was at Florida State, I mean, the 2015 and 2016 seasons that Dalvin played were absolutely ridiculous. I mean, tons of, whether it's in the media, whether it's in the fan base, probably whether it's in the locker room, because there's still some guys that played with Dalvin when he was here at Florida State. Dalvin is the greatest running back in, in Florida State football history. And, you know, I don't even think there's an argument there. Cam is going to finish at least in the top five, maybe in the top three. He's a great running back, but Dalvin is, is one in a million. And, man, like just looking back, being in the stands, remembering like watching Dalvin play, some of the stuff he did on that field, we might never see again in our lifetime. I mean, he, he was a terrific running back. Cam's great in his own right. Like I said, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Dalvin uh, is just a stud, superstar. I'll, I'll tell you what, me and you are both young, but we, we got to kind of appreciate what we had with Jameis Winston being 
the best. I mean, in my opinion, we were able to see it in person. Um, with at least I was. I'm a little bit younger than you, Dustin. But seeing Jameis Winston playing one of the, the best quarterback for State had ever had, um, and then also Dalvin Cook right after uh, Florida State's best running back in history. Um, That's crazy. We're, we're extreme. We were extremely lucky, and to see probably one of the best college football teams ever. Uh, extremely lucky. But yeah, Dalvin Cook. If if we, ex- you know, the health problems with him was was the main concern uh, during obviously some college. Uh, days it kind of set him back on a few things but man when he's fully healthy like you're seeing now in the NFL he's proven himself to be one of the best uh, in the NFL um and man second rounder second rounder it's hilarious it is it is ridiculous uh I mean he (laughs) played against Miami in 2016 with a strained or pulled hamstring and still had over 200 plus yards on the ground so Stupid. I mean, healthy or not, he just produces. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just, it's really been like a blessing for him to finally be doing that in the NFL again and getting back to the Dalvin Cook we all got to watch in Tallahassee. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's it for our talk there about the Syracuse game. I want to move on now and talk about some of the hot topics mainly happened today on Thursday, Halloween. Uh, it was announced this morning that Florida State and Alabama are going to hold a home-and-home series. Uh, In 2025, it will be in Tallahassee on August 30th, and in 2026, the next year, on on September 19th, it will be at Alabama. So I'm guessing Florida State will have its home opener against Alabama in 2025, but then Florida State will face Alabama maybe in that third week, second or third week of college football. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, uh, whatever that is, whatever those dates are. (laughs) So far away, honestly. Um, So, yeah, talk about that, man. I mean, Florida State fans have been wanting to change this whole neutral crap thing to home and home series and you know i see some fans online saying screw the or bad idea or i don't like this <laughs> come on dog whenever i see you on twitter in 2025 and 2026 i know you're going to be the one so amped up out of your mind <laughs> this is happening get out of here it's it's it's, it's funny sometimes uh, give me your thoughts on that Dustin, because obviously that that is so so far away. I don't even know where I'll be at. I don't even know if I'll be on this freaking coast. I don't even know if I'll be on the East Coast. Um, then tell me what you think about that, and if Nick Saban is going to be retired by then. Well, I know Tua is not going to be there, but his like third or fourth brother might. <laughs> that is true shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what you just said honestly is kind of interesting. Nick Saban, he's already. Getting pretty up there in age, I'm pretty sure. He's in in his early 70s or in his late 60s. It's one or the other. I don't know mm-hmm. an exact age. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, he that game... He needs to stop coaching. Right. That game is almost six years from now. So I, I'd be very interested to see if he's still around at that point. I mean, it's certainly a possibility with all the success that Alabama's had. I, I don't see why anyone would want to walk away from it, but... You know, whenever you get up to that age, it's always time to start having those those type of thoughts, just like Bobby Bowden started having them. And, you know, eventually the run is over. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to say it like that, but, I mean, it is what it is. We saw, we saw it with Bobby. I don't know how it will end for uh, Nick Saban, but for all we know, he might not be there in six years. Mm-hmm. That's all right. Dabo Sweeney is your next head coach in Alabama, right? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, it's a hate. good point. They got a pipeline. They have a pipeline. I will yeah. say I don't think David Coburn will, will be here in 2025. <laughs> Sorry, Coburn. <laughs> yeah, let me get to the quote real quick where they talk about the FSU versus Alabama matchup. He says, we are very pleased that we could work this out, and we know that this will be a giant event on both campuses. We appreciate Alabama being our partner in this. And both the ACC and SEC offices who had to do a lot of work behind the scenes to make this a reality. And that's via Seminoles.com. So, yeah, we'll get ready for that um, at 
what so 20 the 20s the 2020s that whole decade has got all right for uh florida state notre dame it's got florida state what hasn't been confirmed but what lsu right i don't what hasn't been confirmed confirmed yeah lsu neutral site yep uh and then i think that's what new orleans and then orlando yeah i believe so okay and then it's also i'm gonna have of course alabama fsu and then georgia fsu home and home yeah, home and home. So I really like the home and home thing here. I think this helps a lot, a lot also for Florida State financially, uh, money-wise, and also, you know, uh, local businesses and everything. That, that's huge. Uh, and I've never actually been to Tuscaloosa or a game. Hopefully, I'll be able to go to one before uh, 2025, 2026. <laughs> but uh, so be it. If it's 2026, then I will be there in Tuscaloosa and – Maybe me and Dustin will be there, and maybe Dustin will have a few kids by then. See if I'm alive in seven years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't say it on the podcast, but we need to get you off a few things in order get to get me to the doctor. Spot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, before we jump into the Florida State versus Miami preview, we got a pretty cool email last week. We actually have a sponsor. Someone actually decided to sponsor this uh, podcast. What are uh, they thinking? <laughs> I know. You want I your know. name attached to this? Are you kidding me? I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got two college kids recording at midnight on Halloween night. You got two goobers doing this. But, yeah, someone actually sent us an e- email. Uh, we have a sponsor tonight from Manscaped. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about them, Dustin, but uh, they are absolutely amazing. I've actually used some of their products. They actually sent me a care package. Um, last week, and I was able to go ahead and get started. Uh, if you guys don't know much about them, uh, they pretty much are, are like a razor company, but perfect for uh, manscaping downstairs for you guys. Um, you know, <laughs> whenever, whenever you're going into a situation, you know, I actually had to do it last week. Um, I had to go to the gym. I got a text um, from uh, a friend girl. I guess you can say, and, um, you know, I, I was going to dinner. I knew that I needed to go ahead and do some manscaping downstairs and I started shaving and I had nothing wrong. I had no cuts, no nothing. It was successful trim, Dustin. Um, then I cut myself, you know, that's the worst. Whenever you cut your, cut your nutsack while you're trimming up down there. <laughs> there. Yeah, man. It's, uh... It never happened to you. It probably I mean, has. You know, we, we all get a nick every now and then, but good to hear your plums are hanging well. Yeah, no, they are. They are. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I they sent the Lawnmower 2.0, um, and it's almost like 50,000 times better than their first one. Uh, now it trims at 6,000 strokes per minute. Uh, up from 4,000 per minute from the original lawn mower. Uh, now uh, the battery life improved from 15 minutes, uh, and now it's up to 60 minutes on one charge, and now it's a rechargeable battery, so it's perfect. I can kind of bring it anywhere, and I can charge it. Don't have to worry about having batteries in it, um, and AA batteries and all that jazz. But it, it perfect. It worked out easy for me. They also sent a care package of some cologne. Man, I mean it, they, this stuff smells incredible. But, yeah, I will just go and let you all know, though, I mean, that was the best manscaping experience I've ever had down there. Um, and I also was able to get uh, some compliments from the partner that I was um, oh, having a date night with. Um, That's what you hit, call it? Yeah, yeah, it was a date night. Um, we were supposed to be studying and stuff, but um, I am taking a clash class right now evolution of sexuality so i guess you could say we were studying a little bit and um yeah you know, able to see what i was working with down there and my manscaping abilities a little hands-on uh, group activity mm-hmm. yeah no of course of course so yeah that was very successful uh and i love it it's small beautiful beautiful shape razor uh, and they sent a whole lot of other items and golly it smells good the ball toner i also used <laughs> No, the ball toner is great. You just spray it on your nuts. Everything smells good afterwards. Um, 
and you're going to put yourself into a perfect and beautiful situation if you're ever around a female. No girl wants to be, first of all, no girl wants to be having teeth. Um, no, they don't have <laughs> yeah, teeth. <laughs> Shit, not teeth. They want, they want to be, ha- they don't want to have hair in their teeth if there's any kind of extra activity going on. Extracurricular activity. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, put the ball toner on there. Clean up real nice. The trimming is sensational. It works really well. Um, and, yeah, and, guys, if you do want to get uh, 20% off and free shipping, just use the code Knowles, N-O-L-E-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Uh, these products are incredible. It smells really good. Uh, use the code Knowles, N-O-L-E-S, at manscaped.com. You think you'll use it, Dustin? I think you Definitely. might need some help. Definitely need some uh, attention down there. Yeah, yeah. Your, your <laughs> girlfriend, I heard, has been complaining quite a bit. Yeah, she's the one that's going to actually have to use the discount code. <laughs> yeah, and what's the discount code, Dustin? Knowles, N-O-L-E-S, at manscaped.com. Perfect, perfect, perfect. But yeah, thank you guys to Manscaped, right, uh, to you guys for sponsoring the podcast, um, for having you FSU guys out there, definitely for college kids, but also to the husbands out there. They got to clean up a little bit more, I promise you, the girlfriend, the wife, the tender date is going to love your manscaping abilities downstairs. But yeah, thanks uh, to manscaped.com. So I say we jump right now into a little bit of Florida State versus Miami. Dustin, what you think? Yeah, just let me finish manscaping first, but I'm down. Okay, I hope you're not, not doing that right now. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you are, I'll handle the I'm rest I'm a multitasker. <laughs> multi all right, I'm done. I'm not All even right. anymore. Florida State versus Miami is going to be happening this Saturday in Tallahassee at 3.30 on ABC. It's actually expected to be maybe 65000 in-house uh, in the student section. We're expecting uh, should be sold out at least by tomorrow, which will be Friday. Um, but I think they've already sold or already uh, brought in 13,000 tickets, if I'm correct, last time I saw. And yeah, that one was... Yeah, I think it was somewhere around there. I think that almost certainly changed tomorrow. Um, us students usually procrastinate and everything, so I'd be surprised if it is tomorrow. But uh, recruiting-wise, there is going to be a lot of guys in-house. Tell me a little about a little bit about those guys, uh, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the game that Florida State is going to have the most visitors at that they've they've had all season. Maybe I'm not sure how many were at the Boise State game, but. This game's at least gonna have, at least rival that, if not have more. Right now, we're expecting 20 plus recruits to attend, including some commitments like quarterback Jeff Sims, running back Lawrence Toa Philly, offensive lineman Zane Herring, defensive lineman Josh Griffiths, and defensive back Demory Tate, plus some other Florida State commits. So a lot of talent going to be in Tallahassee this weekend on the field and on the sidelines. So one thing that uh, we learned today uh, from Willie Taggart uh, before practice started was that freshman offensive lineman Dante Lucas is a full go against Miami. He was a little roughed up uh, during the game against Syracuse. Kind of looked uh, scary at first, but he was able to limp off the field. And then after the game, he was in street clothes, but he was kind of still smiling and messing around. He didn't have anything uh, he didn't have crutches or anything. So uh, we were kind of keeping an eye on that during practice this week. So it's good to see Florida State will have another starting offensive lineman to be able to face Miami's defense on Saturday. And also Dontavius Jackson, linebacker, is practicing. Uh, sounds like he is going to be playing on Saturday too. Uh, what do you think about those two guys being able to play on Saturday, Dustin? I think it's uh, huge to have Dante Lucas as a full go against the Hurricanes. Not just for what he brings as a true freshman starter on Florida State's offensive line, but also that he picked the Seminoles over Miami during his recruiting process. I mean, he's a Miami native, and it came down to him wanting to get out of Miami, and and Florida State was the right fit for him uh, in the end of his recruitment. So now to get to face him as a true freshman, I'm sure he wants to go out on that field and prove that he made the right decision by helping Florida State get to a win on Saturday. And then also just having a senior linebacker come back in on this defense, which has struggled a little bit against the pass 
all season and you know just at times looks lost out there so just to have another veteran leader back and hopefully healthy and can only benefit the defense speaking of defenses uh, let's get into some stats here so miami's defense is currently ranked 21st in the country Florida State's defense is ranked 79th. That's per sportsreference.com. Uh, Miami's offense, though, is ranked 84th, and Florida State's going to take the advantage here. It's a little, little bit of spots up at 64, uh, 20 spots up, uh, and those are from sportsreference.com. Um, so Florida State's going to have to find some ways to score in this game, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's going to come down to – the defense, even though the the rating vastly different between the two, Florida State obviously being down in the dumps and Miami being towards the top of college football. But defensively, this this game reminds me a lot of the game we just watched against Syracuse and also the game earlier this season against NC State, where really the the two offenses coming to this game have struggled throughout the year. They haven't been very consistent on the field and. They've, they've been very frustrating to watch a lot of the time. And, you know, Florida State felt that against Clemson, against Wake, and countless other games this season. And Miami's felt it recently, last or two weeks ago, losing to Georgia Tech in overtime, a couple weeks before losing to Virginia Tech at home. So both these teams have been inconsistent on offense. And I really think it's going to come down to whichever defense breaks first. One thing that I noticed uh, pretty early on during the game on Saturday was uh, a guy who was showing out in a big way during the spring and fall uh, during the summer pra- or practices during fall camp was wide receiver Warren Thompson. So after their loss, I believe with Wake Forest, uh, he threw out a tweet uh, saying, uh, do you remember the tweet? It was something about money. Uh, he doesn't care. It's about the money anyways, or something like that. And, uh, we did not see him on the sideline, uh, against Syracuse. Um, give me your thoughts on that, Dustin, because, uh, you know, we've seen this before this happened with DJ, uh, Matthews. I think it also was the same kind of situation with Levante Taylor where they sat out a game uh seemed like they needed to fix some personal issues Willie Tiger uh, kind of starting to set the bar there where if you know if if, if, if you're messing around and, and saying some things and, and hurting the team then you need to sit out a game but we did not see him on the sideline on Saturday I know a lot of fans know that he's got some talent there and they want to see him play but you know you know now with transfer portals and all that uh, where does it where do you think this is going to go with Warren Thompson? Yeah, honestly, it, it just kind of feels like an attitude problem. You know, we've heard all of the great reports from how Thompson performed this offseason in fall camp, and obviously that long catch against Boise State that's really been one of the only memorable plays that <clears throat> he's made in, in 2019. But, yeah, I, I think this, this is something to do with attitude, and, you know, a lot of a lot of highly well, not a lot, but some highly touted recruits when they come into college, they don't immediately get playing time, or they can't immediately break into the rotation. They just begin to struggle mentally because their their entire high school career, they were the best player for their team. They were usually the best player on the field, and you know it came easy to them at the high school level. So just coming into college and having to face some adversity. Some guys struggle earlier in their careers, and I, I just think that's kind of what's happening here with Warren. <clears throat> Obviously, I'm I'm speculating a little bit, but that just feels like it based on just his mantra on social media when, when he has been on it recently. And, um, you know, it's a situation that he's either going to buy into the process or he's not going to be at Florida State much longer. I mean, plain and simple. I agree. I do agree with you. Let's get into some fun parts here a little bit. Florida State versus Miami, your favorite memory, Dustin. And I think I'll go first. Um, I'm going straight to, I don't know what year this was. Uh, You might know it, Dustin. But Nigel Bradham's hit um, 
on the Miami wide receiver. I think all I need to say is that Nigel Bradham hit uh, where he <laughs> got actually tossed from the game. Jimbo Fisher was absolutely livid uh, that Nigel Bradham was, Bradham was getting tossed, and it was, I don't blame him one bit, uh, but that hit was absolutely stupid. He knocked that son of a... <laughs> Son of a bitch. It's explicit. Yeah, it is. It is. Son of a bitch to the ground. It was <laughs> unreal. I already am. Go for it. I'm, I hate Miami fans. Um, 2011, by the way. 2011. 2011, yes. Uh, Nigel Bradham, one of my favorite FSU players. I just like hard-hitting guys, but that was absolutely just disgusting what he did, and that was unfair. That is um, just straight nasty, violent. Uh, and he really didn't have to jump up at all, which was pretty and just crazy. Nigel Bradham was so strong and physical, um, and the whole crowd going crazy. I mean, that's how – and we talk about – I talk about it all the time on the podcast, but Big Hits, I think, does really well for this team as a motivation, kind of gets them going in the games, wakes up the whole entire sideline, but also the stadium. Um, that you know That kind of energy helps a lot. Uh, but, man, Nigel Bradham's hit – was absolutely ridiculous. And the quarterback put him in the rough spot. I was, I was. Yeah, I was too. (laughs) Yeah. And I was losing my mind. That that was nasty, nasty hit. Jimbo Fisher just about got himself tossed too. And it was Uh, legal. Yeah, and it was legal too. I wonder if Willie Taggart would even be on the side, getting off the sideline to argue with the refs about that. What do you think? (laughs) Put your money on or no? You got to flip a coin that day. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that is going to be my pick. What is yours, Dustin? Going back a little bit further than than uh, you, all the way back to 2008, Florida mm-hmm. State on the road at Miami, Christian Ponder starting for Florida State, and uh, Robert Marv, and that's a name. I don't know if you remember Robert Marv when he played mm-hmm. at Miami, but Purdue grad transfer to Miami, and then also the name Ja'Cory Harris, which I'm sure you're a little bit more familiar with. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Christian Ponder, redshirt sophomore, middle of the 2008 season, FSU at Miami, and really just a game where we began to see what Christian Ponder would blossom into throughout his career at FSU as really one of the, the better quarterbacks, I would say, in program history. I would, honestly, I'm, I am a Christian Ponder fan because he took a picture of me one time, so I'll put that out there. But Christian Ponder, to me, top 10 quarterback in Florida State football history but in this game he had 159 yards and a passing touchdown but it was really on the ground I remember really rainy game and Christian Ponder just running through the Miami defense 19 carries 144 yards a 45 yard long rush I mean really it was just the coming out party for Christian Ponder and then a couple weeks later after Florida State got ranked they lost to Georgia Tech so. <laughs> You are a big Christian Ponder fan, aren't you? Yep. You with the Vikings. Some... Yeah, yeah. You love you some Ponder, don't you? Even as even as a free agent, I still stand for you, Ponder. You, if you're listening right now. He has a good-looking wife. He has a very good-looking wife. Oh, well, that's explicit. Yeah, what were you going to say? <laughs> oh, I was wondering where, what you were going to say. No, she's hot. She's definitely hot. Oh, I also want to say one last note. Anton Smith. Four rushing touchdowns uh, in the game against Miami, <laughs> 2008. Okay, so yeah, I, I think that's a pretty unique game you picked. I like that. We have we both have different kind of um, feelings for what we think is like good games. Mine's just really just a big hit. <laughs> that's all it is, sadly. I think most of my favorite memories are big hits, and and at least FSU wise, I just love them. I don't know why. Just gets me going. Just gets me going. Manscaped.com. <laughs> um, let's see. Yep, Knowles. N-O-L-E-S. <laughs> Use the code 20% off. Free shipping, too. All right, so keys to winning this game, Dustin. Um, what is Florida State going to have to do in order to win this game? This is go- this is a big game now. I mean, this for Willie Taggart, he lost to both rivals last year with Miami and Florida. Uh, this, this time, I mean... Almost like Willie Taggart was going to have uh, blow out Miami last year, but that was not the case. Uh, heading into this game, though, <clears throat> both teams are four and four. Um, maybe 
uh, you know, the, both teams have the talent and everything that goes with it. But, man, you know, this is a big game for Willie Taggart. I think getting a win here is huge for Willie Taggart, just for this fan base and more than anything, and definitely, you know, job security moving forward. But, man, what, what are your keys for Florida State to win this game on Saturday? Yeah, this is, a, like you said, this is a vital game for Willie Taggart and Florida State for his tenure potentially moving forward with the program because, you know, we've heard the whispers lately and this is, this is, I said it earlier while we weren't recording, but this is probably the worst Miami team that Florida State's faced in at least a decade. I mean, this, this is a terrible team. Their defense is the only positive. The offense has just been mostly pathetic throughout the year. They have a 2018 Florida State offensive line. I mean, it's just a disaster up there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, keys to the game. Kind of talked about whichever defense breaks first. But really just looking a little bit deeper at it, uh, particularly on Florida State's defense, I think they really need to shut down the short to intermediate passing game of Jaron Williams. He's been pretty good taking care of the ball throughout the season. Only three interceptions, and all three came in the first quarter in Miami's loss to Virginia Tech a few weeks back. But really, Williams has struggled a bit going deep down the field. That's where we saw him get intercepted against uh, Virginia Tech. And if Florida State's defense can finally step up defending the pass, step up short to intermediate, especially because whenever I watch Florida State's defense, for some reason the defensive backs are always 10 yards off the field. So if Harlan Barnett could just utilize a little bit of press coverage, I'd be really damn happy, honestly. Mm-hmm. And... um. Also, forcing Miami to throw deep, it's going to make Williams take more time in the pocket and just give Florida State's defensive line more time to feast. This season, Miami's already allowed 33 sacks. Um, I believe that's just a little bit less than what Syracuse had last week coming into this game. So not a good offensive line, once again. And on our side, well, on FSU's side, a very good defensive line headlined by Marvin Wilson really looking to come out and have a big performance in this one with some of the stuff he said to the media this week. So I think the defense is looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, no, I'm going to go with you too, with how this defensive line can take advantage of Miami's poor uh, offensive line talent, because man, Marvin Wilson has been obviously, <clears throat> he's a monster. You, you mean, you notice it when he, when he makes some plays, but I mean, sometimes he affects plays more than you'll see. You know, you know what I'm saying? Um, Not always a stat sheet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, just watch some film on him, and it's pretty evident that this guy is easily a first-round talent. Uh, and luckily, he, he's still at Florida State, and he's going to face Miami's offensive line that you know isn't that great. Uh, Florida State's isn't either. But uh, for this for this aspect of what we're talking about. Durden, even Robert Cooper is going to be coming off of a pretty one of his best career games at FSU after facing Syracuse. Uh, he had a pretty good game, also. So uh, I do think that Marvin Wilson should have a pretty good game here. And I do think with Jaron Williams, I do. Th- and we talked about it before recording. Uh, Jaron Williams, we both agreed. You know, he impressed both of us whenever they played Florida at the start of the year. That was still an ugly game, but still for a true freshman playing, um, it was pretty impressive uh, to see. And, you know, the one thing that I think interests me is, you know, you got a young guy coming in and, you know, well, they're like, oh, Doak is going to be loud and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, he, you know, he faced in a neutral site mainly uh, Florida fans because not a lot of Miami fans go to their games anyways because there's not a lot of them or true ones that actually <laughs> went to the university. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, I'm just unloading. I'm just kidding. Uh, they had a crowd there, Florida fans. He was in a tough environment there for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, Doak is, you know, this is Doak. It'll be different, you know. I don't want to say that FSU doesn't bring it uh, crowd-wise for sure. It will be loud. It'll be different. It's not a neutral site game, but still, uh, he, he's a young, and he he impressed definitely for a first game too. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. And I do think bringing pressure, allowing, you got to make him throw some balls deeper 
cut off the intermediate routes. Like Dustin said, I agree on that aspect for sure. Um, man, Florida State's going to have to make sure they score points, though. I mean, Kendall Bryles has got to be a little bit more creative, too. I, I'm interested to see how successful they can be running the Wildcat or Wild Cam. Uh, I don't want to get it wrong, Dustin. My That's bad. right. Respect. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Keeping my shit straight here. Uh, making sure uh that cam Akers can have a good game uh florida state's running backs in the past years have been able to absolutely torch miami's defense uh so we'll see how that goes and we, i guess we are expecting alex hornybrook to be the starter on saturday i would not be shocked unfortunately uh, <laughs> give me your give me your opinion on that because i know we'll have some comments about that what you just said there give me uh you still think it should be James Blackman? Oh, absolutely. Without question. Me, it, I mean, I guess people can say Hornybrook's running the, the offense better than Blackman. I mean, if that's the excuse you need to make to yourselves. But, I mean, frankly, we said it before. Hornybrook's started against the two worst teams that Florida State's played. ULM would kick Syracuse's ass. I mean, it wouldn't. It wouldn't even be close. It'd be a blowout. Probably same thing for NC State too. They they beat the shit out of them. <laughs> Finally, you said a cuss word. Jesus but, Christ. Um, no, I, I, uh, no, I no, I know where you're going. That and saying Alex Hornibrook hasn't played any competition and yeah, you know, for, uh, James Blackman has to face uh, Clemson and Virginia on the road. Clemson on the road. Wake Forest on the road. A good Boise State defense at home, where he performed quite well. I mean, I just, you know, I, I don't really see the argument where people can say that Hornybrook's running the offense a little bit better. I, I did see those numbers where he has been better than Blackman against the Blitz, which, I mean, honestly, you'd kind of expect a, a senior to be better than a redshirt sophomore against the Blitz, reading that play very quickly and getting the ball out, which Hornybrook has done. I mean, you have to give him a little bit of credit, but whenever it's time to throw a deep shot, whenever it's time to go 11 yards downfield, and that noodle arm, not good. <laughs> no, we saw that against Syracuse. He does. He can't throw deep. Put Blackman back there, and it's like a cannon coming out. He always, he has had some underthrows, but typically whenever it's a deep ball that he misses because he overthrew the receiver. I mean, he's got a powerful arm. And, you know, especially when you think about the future of Florida State football, I mean, we've, we've talked about De'Eric King possibly grad transfer to Florida State. We've talked about Jeff Sims, maybe being able to come in and start as a true freshman. Really, the most realistic option right now is that James Blackman is going to be Florida State starting quarterback in 2020. And until De'Ara King's, you know, actually grad transfers mm-hmm. to Tallahassee, I'm not going to think anything different. And I've spoken before how I think Jeff Sims will need at least a year of development before he's ready to go at the college level. So you're looking at James Blackman in 2020 and when you think about it like that it just makes even less sense for why Hornybrook is starting Blackman's going to be the future of your program why are you not giving him all the reps possible to continue developing him yeah yeah that's a sticky situation for Tiger too because he does really need these wins but if he's gonna be staying another year which is most likely the option uh, then, you know, you want to have James Blackman have as much experience as he can get um, with the guys that he has now. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, another thing, too, that we saw on Saturday, uh, what do you call it, the amusement park? Was Sean amusement Jordan park. Young. I was actually, I saw him trot out there, number 83. I was like, oh, hold up, there's Jordan Young. Uh, and then he did get one play. He got one ball thrown to him, and, man, he went absolutely that was the, that was showed the, out. That was the Blackman underthrow I was talking about. Blackman underthrew that ball. He did. I thought a Syracuse defensive back was about to take it back for 30 yards. Then Jordan Young just flies out of the sky and snatches it. So mm-hmm. We knew. We used him. Yep. He is a guy that I think is going to have some – he's going to get his time. At FSU, I think he is, and that helps for sure. And once he had the opportunity to get a chance there this last Saturday, he took full advantage of it. Um, be interested to see 
what kind of playing time he might be able to grab at the rest of the season. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot we could talk about. It is midnight, 12.15 right now. I do have an exam tomorrow, um, or today, I should say. So uh, I think we should go ahead and jump right into score predictions. Um, Before we do, can I just say one last yeah. thing to wrap up the, the mm-hmm. Blackman, Hornybrook thing? My, my last major gripe with how the situation is turning out is that Blackman didn't get to play really much last year whenever DeAndre Francois struggled. Taggart stuck, stuck with him throughout the entire season, no matter how bad he played week to week, except for the NC State game because of an injury. And then this season, Blackman comes out. He's played a lot better than, than Francois last year. I don't know if some, some people have recency bias, but Francois was awful last year. Blackman has been so much better. And then he gets benched now for Hornybrook. So I'm just a little concerned that now Blackman is not really going to have a lot of confidence in what this coaching staff is telling him because, you know, he expected to be the starter coming into spring practice and everything got shaken up with Hornybrook coming in. So I'm just worried that that relationship is going to go beyond repair. Blackman transfers this offseason. Hornybrook graduates. You don't get De'Ara King. And then you're stuck with, um, an inexperienced Jordan Travis and a true freshman Jeff Sims in 2020. So that's a little mm-hmm. bit what I'm worried about right now. Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting topic. And I kind of feel that same uh, thing you're talking about, Dustin, with the confidence with James Lagerman, because I feel he's regressing because he's losing, losing confidence. I think uh, with how the coaching staff is utilizing that quarterback position and how they were – First off, doing the in and out and using guys I thought was idiotic. Uh, I don't think that was a good idea by the coaching staff to do that. To put the uh, you got a quarterback that just scores, has a scoring drive, and then take take out that quarterback and then put in the other one that didn't have that scoring drive. It just didn't really make sense to me, um, and I, I don't think that was smart. I think that kind of hurt James Blackman's confidence and um, moving forward. Uh, you know, it's going to be interesting. Alex Hornibrook is gone after the season. He's a, he's a senior. He'll be bye-bye. And so you are stuck with James Blackman, Jordan Travis, and Jeff Sims coming in. And Jeff Sims, I do believe, is going to have to have a, have a year, like Dustin said, to um, kind of learn, grow, put on some pounds, but also uh, work on some accuracy and a little bit of arm strength. Um and yeah, it's interesting. You know, it's going to be the season still has a lot left in it. And that one is going to be something that we're going to talk about the, for the rest of the season about what this quarterback situation is going to look like, because Florida State's biggest leader is in James Blackman. Um, and that whole DeAndre, we could talk about the whole DeAndre Francois thing. And we <laughs> did it last year on the podcast. We had no idea what was going on and what Willie Taggart was doing. They must have signed some kind of agreement before this uh, season started. <laughs> It was absolutely hilarious how they did it last year, and now they're doing the complete opposite with throwing guys in and out and changing up the quarterbacks and everything. Um, so, yeah, um, we'll see. I, I just think doing seven guys, Hornybrook in and taking James Lackman out kind of hurt whatever was going on, and I think it also hurts how their plant calling was you got a left-handed guy coming in it switches the sides of the fields for routes and wide receivers and what they'd been working on all throughout probably fall camp they're expecting james blackman to be the starter i don't know just a lot goes to it uh, but this is something that we're going to continue to talk about for the rest of the season for sure score prediction time you feeling it hey it's, it's got to be time bro it's like 12 30 yeah, no. Like I said, you know, no big deal. Exam tomorrow. You know, I'm going to crush it. I'll just come back here. Don't worry about it. And then I have to come back here and edit this. And don't worry about it, Dustin. I got it. Appreciate it, man. Of course. All the hard course. work you're putting in. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you would be great. Thanks. <laughs> um, I'll go first. I'm going to. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go first. I'll let you think. Uh, I'm going to go. Florida State, I do think Florida State does win this game. Um, Florida State's, I think, biggest concern here is offense and how well 
Cam Akers can get going. If Cam Akers can get going, then I have no problem and I have no concern. But if they can't get Cam Akers going, I'm kind of going to be worried because right now this is how Florida State's offense uh, is being successful. I mean, he is by far the best team, uh, best player on the team. He is a frigging scoring machine right now. Definitely with their new package they have. I'm concerned if they try to run it. Uh, uh, well, I don't know. I, I'm still thinking about how they did it against Syracuse. I think they ran it a little bit too much. I think they should have saved a little bit of the plays, but we'll see. Maybe Kendall Brown is a little bit more creative, which I do think he is. I think he's a great, a great offensive minded coach. Uh, but Florida State's got to get their offensive go- offense going. I do think Marvin Wilson and that that, that nasty uh, big boy three three player defensive line up there at the front are going to feast on Miami's offense. And I, I do think there's going to be a sack party. I do hope uh, Barnett and Lovett do bring a lot of blitz packages uh, off to the side. Um, and I'd like to see like Gainer used in there, even Levante Taylor off from the side. I, I got to. Make sure Jaron Williams goes deep and let these, you know, these are still talented defensive backs. Let these guys go up and get the ball. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Asante Samuel come down with an interception on Saturday. I'm going 31, Florida State, 26, Miami. I do think, you know, it's kind of still high scoring. Florida, uh, Miami hasn't, doesn't allow a lot of points. They haven't allowed a lot. I think they allowed 42 against Virginia Tech. Uh, and that was pretty much it. You know, there was, they allowed just low scoring, uh, low scoring to their opponents. Uh, but for some reason, I, I do think uh, Kendall Browse is going to call a pretty decent game. And I think Florida State has has an edge on the talent here. Uh, I'm going Florida State 31, Miami 26. What you got, D. Lou? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm agreeing with you for the most part here. I think Florida State, like you said, is going to walk into this rivalry game ready to go and going to walk out with a victory um i'm looking for a big game from acres kind of like you said acres <laughs> right now he has 917 rushing yards on the season in 2017 he had over a thousand yards as a true freshman to finish with 1024 yards so give me acres to have at least one touchdown and over 107 yards to get over a thousand yards and a break his career rushing record that he set as a true freshman. I think Florida State's going to win this game 21-17. going to be kind of low scoring in the first half, and then most of the points are going to come in the third and fourth quarter. Well. Bang, bang. There it is. Bang, bang, shrimp. Bonefish. Well, maybe, maybe. <laughs> right now we got Manscaped. Use code N-O-L-E-S, 20% off manscaped.com. And thanks again for them sponsoring this podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to have them on here some more. Uh, great product. Uh, make sure you guys go check that out at manscaped.com. But yeah, that's going to do it for our Miami preview and our Syracuse recap. We hope that you guys have a great weekend. I think I'll be at the game. Will you be at the game, Dustin? I will be there. Okay, so yes. Both so of us. Everyone listening better be there. Yes. If you yes. can't be there... It's not on the ACC network. So tweet through it. Yeah, exactly. Um, So yeah, guys, we're bringing back, uh, we have our new Twitter. Uh, It's going to go live on Monday this next week. Make sure you guys go check it out at the null game day. Uh, Pretty excited about how we're going to kind of switch up the way our Twitter has been working the last two years. We kind of want to go back to how we were doing it old school make it a little bit more fun. We were kind of being strict with just article posting and a little, I don't know, we were just a little too tight with this kind of stuff that we were tweeting. We're going to be a little bit more creative and more fun like we used to be, and I think that's what a lot of our followers uh, liked, and that's why they first followed in the first place. So, um, Oh, Florida yeah. State Athletics loves it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you say? Did they love it? Yeah. Oh, they're, gonna no. be our, they're probably our first follower. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. i got to keep up and see what we're doing. Got our tattletellers there. But, yeah, uh, make sure you guys go go follow that. If you aren't following our podcast from here, Hear the Spear, it is on Twitter at Hear the Spear. You can listen to these podcasts on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. We're also on YouTube. So if you guys listen to podcasts and you're those kind of freaks that listen to them on YouTube, which I don't even know that people used to do that or do that in the first place, 
<laughs> if you're one of those freaks, make sure you guys go subscribe over there. Um, and the name over there is just Null Game Day. These podcasts go live on YouTube immediately. And also, how did you even find this podcast, YouTube people? It just got put on there. How are you even <laughs> listening to this? I have no idea, but people found it and they're loving it. And shoot, more listens, the better. More we can get out to you guys, the better. And also about reaching more people. If you're on iTunes, feel free to rate us five stars and leave a review. It helps a lot. It helps our growth and get to more listeners. Um, and I know we've had some problems with audio tripping in and out and stuff. That is going to be fixed from now on. It's been very irritating, but I think we have a fix now. Um, so, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And we look forward to talking to you during the next episode. And we'll be previewing Boston College next week. And hopefully we'll have an instant reaction for you guys. Boston, uh, we're yep, yep. We're heading that way. Boston's Dustin's favorite town. Celtic. Good Warriors. Good night, guys. Yikes. Good night. Good night. <laughs>